This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with you as we get set for the Phillies and the Braves in the National League Division Series. All right, today, and I appreciate everyone, of course, subscribing, following, listening to the podcast. Our YouTube page, 94WIP, is where you can find our videos, video podcasts up there. Subscribe, and you'll get those as soon as they go live. I want to dive into the five keys and really the ways the Phillies will beat the Braves. Like, if the Phillies beat the Braves, here is how it happens. I've got five things. Like, the five things I believe will decide the Phillies and the Braves and how they're going to beat them. All right, let's start at number one. You know, this is going to be a series where we talk a lot about, you know, the Phillies pitching. Can they do enough? Can they press the right buttons? Can Wheeler hold down the Braves in game two and five? Can Aaron Nola do his thing like he just did against Miami in game number three? Can they get enough out of, let's say, Ranger Suarez if it's where they go in game number one? Can their pitching keep the Braves in check? But I think we're if that's the way this is framed, I think it's being framed the wrong way. I don't know if there's much the Phillies pitching can do. At some point, you have to recognize greatness, and that's what this Braves offense is. It's one of the great offenses in baseball history. Now, could Zach Wheeler hold him to two runs over six or seven innings in a game? Absolutely. He's absolutely capable. The Braves have had those games. Every offense has those kind of games. But over five games, to think the Phillies are going to hold the Braves to, say, three runs or less, you know, three times. I think is asking a ton. In fact, I think it is almost impossible to ask them to do that. So as I watch these games, my focus is going to be on the Phillies offense. I believe this series will be determined by the Phillies offense and how much they hit. And that means tacking on runs. Let's say the Phillies are up 4-3, to 5-3 three, to three in the sixth inning of a game. It's not enough. It is not enough. The Phillies have to get to six and seven runs to seal the game, to give themselves the best possible chance to seal the game because I could already foresee what's going to happen here. They're going to be up 5-3, to three, and the Braves are going to get a run off of Gregory Soto, and they're going to get a run off of Jeff Hoffman, and they're going to get a run off of Craig Kimbrell, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, the Phillies bullpen blew it. No, no, they didn't. The Braves averaged nearly six runs per game. This is who they are. It's been what they've been over the course of 162 games. They're going to score runs. Their offense is too good to not score runs, and it is too good to be held down. Now, the Phillies may be able to do a great job and press the right buttons and do it in spurts, but this is an all-time offense. 
if the Phillies are going to move on and they're going to get to the National League Championship Series, they need their bats to explode. That means Kyle Schirmer needs to put the ball in the seats. It means Bryce Harper needs to heat back up. It means Trey Turner needs to continue to hit the ball the way he did against the Miami Marlins. They need home runs. They need to, the gap at home runs this series can't be egregious for the Braves. They need slug. That's how the Phillies could beat the Braves. All right, second point and second way they could beat the Atlanta Braves. So the first inning damage for the Braves this year, their offense, what they do in the first inning, is almost mind-boggling when you read the numbers. So the Atlanta Braves this season scored the second most first inning runs in the expansion era. That dates back to 1961. They scored 146 runs in the first inning of games. They scored a run in the first inning of a game 65% of the time this season. It's going to be 65 times this season. That's 40% of their games. But that often didn't just stop at one run. They had at least four runs in the first inning 14 times this season. The Phillies, and this is on game planning, it's on execution, it's on defense, not giving away outs. They need to find a way to keep Atlanta in check in the first inning of the game. And you say, well, there's nine innings, just one. If the Braves get two, it's not over, right? The Phillies have time to catch up. You're right about that. But the Braves this season won 64% of their games. That is 642 winning percentage. When they scored a run in the first inning, they won 72% of the time. They were 47 and 18 when they scored first. So, you know, when they scored when they scored a run in the first inning, they're 47 and 18. Here's the deal, and it sounds very blunt, but it's very real. If the Braves have zero runs on the board after the first inning, the Phillies have a great chance to win the game. If the Braves have runs, a run, or runs on the board after one, it is very likely the Phillies will lose that game. It, it doesn't even matter the back and forth and the ebb and flow. It is just very likely, based on this season and based on how the Braves have played, they are a runaway train. They get going and they don't stop. That the Braves will have a win. So that the first inning, I mean, lock in, get your food, get your beer. If you're going to the game, game three, game four, lock in that first inning because the game very well may be decided in the first inning. That's how good Atlanta's offense has been and how good they've been in the first inning. All right, so we have the Phillies' offense needs to really carry the day. We need uh, The Phillies need to contain the Braves in the first inning. Third biggest factor in how the Phillies beat the Braves is to unleash and use Orion Kirkering. So yesterday in the midday show, we, we talked about it. We played the cut from David Cohn and Carl Ravitch on ESPN a couple nights ago. I, I was... Really, really, like my interest was peaked and my eyebrow was raised listening late in the game on Wednesday night when the Phillies beat the Marlins. Orion Kirkering pitches, right? They get his feet wet in the postseason. It's his first time pitching in October and it's kind of a feel good thing and they're up and, and you probably don't think much about it. But I'm listening to Ravitch and Cohn speak about Orion Kirkering and they offered a comp that Rob Thompson offered them. And that comp was Jabba Chamberlain. And if you don't remember that name or you kind of vaguely remember that name, Back in 2007, the New York Yankees called up Jobber Chamberlain. He was a phenom relief pitcher. He pitched, I think, a little over 20 appearances that year to a .38 earn run average. He was the most dominant reliever in baseball. He had a, an appearance or two in the, the division series. They got knocked out. Next year, they try to make him a starter. He gets banged up, injuries, and you know, like a lot of pitchers, his career sputtered off after that. But for one year, he was... Dominant. He was the story. He was unhittable. His slider down and into lefties, unhittable. And Orion Kirkering has been compared by Rob Thompson to that. It makes me think two things. One, this kid is legit. The talent is there, and he has a chance to dominate. But number two, 
that Rob Thompson, who was with the Yankees, of course, for all those years, sees something special in this kid and is ready to unleash him. Because as that year went on, Jabba Chamberlain wasn't just like the sixth guy in the Yankees bullpen. As he started to dominate, he became the high leverage setup man for a playoff team. Which makes me believe we're about to see Orion Kirkering unleashed. And I think this is the series to do it. And these are the Braves hitters that you need high leverage arms against. You need strikeout stuff against. Because if you just put out there guys that you're like, ah, I hope it's all for the best, you're going to get rocked. Late in these games, I can't wait. I, I will be just all in focused on how and when Topper uses Orion Kirkering. And I am willing. I am willing to put him out there without much experience. I want to put him out there even if we don't know what's going to happen. I want I, to throw him out there sixth or seventh inning of a 4-4 game. Acuna, Albies, Olsen coming up. Go get him and see what he could do because he has the kind of stuff where he could get him. And he could get him one, two, three. And it could be such a boost, such a morale thing for the Phillies if they find something special. The history of relief pitchers with very few innings entering the postseason and then dominating in October, it's not a big list. It really is. You have to go, you know, really in essence back to David Price in 2008. Uh, and the biggest one is Francisco Rodriguez in 2002 for the Angels to find a guy that kind of burst on the scene, barely pitched in, in September, and then was a key factor and at a dominant level in October. I, I think Orion Kirkring has a chance to do that, and I really believe Rob Thompson thinks he has a chance to do that. So that's key number three to beating the Braves is Orion Kirkering and unleashing him to be the guy that the Phillies need him to be. All right, point number four, and this one can't be understated, and it's to the point where it's impossible to ignore on a local level. I mean, a local level, we're living it. But on a national level, it's everywhere. It's you. It's this crowd at Citizens Bank Park. It's everyone in Philadelphia that has been a part of postseason baseball over the past couple years from last year against the Braves, against the Padres, against the Astros, to this series against the Marlins, to this series coming up against the Braves. It is going to be a factor. If the Phillies could get a sweet a, a split, excuse me, down in Atlanta and bring this thing back for game number three in Philadelphia, the crowd has to be, and I be I, I believe will be, a difference maker here in Philadelphia. That's how great this crowd could be. We had a caller on the midday show a couple days ago who kind of used a term that was been more towards the NFL and, and out in Seattle they call their crowd the twelfth man. And the caller made the point that, that we have the tenth man here in Philadelphia. It is real. It is palpable. I've never heard so many players credit the crowd and talk about the crowd as we have here in Philadelphia. And, you know, there's some great fan bases around the country. There's some great crowds. Heck, the Phillies were sold out for years when they had their last great team. And I don't remember the crowd being a character in that as much as it is now. Fenway Park back in the day, before the Red Sox won, there was some special energy to that place. I feel special energy to this place right now. The old Yankee Stadium in October... They said it used to shake, used to move. Special energy in that building. A lot of these new buildings don't have that energy. The way they're built, the people that can afford the tickets, depending on the city, how the fan base has evolved, whatever. They don't have the kind of energy in a lot of these a lot of these parks, a lot of these arenas, a lot of these cities that they used to. It's just not the same at Wells Fargo Center as it maybe used to be at the Spectrum. It just it, you know, things have changed. You know, where the Pacers play now, it's not the same as Market Square Arena. You know, it, things change. Staples Center, I don't think it's the same crowd as the Great Western Forum. But this feels like an old-school, difference-making crowd. It will be a factor in Game 3, and I can't wait to see 
Spencer Strider, who has been public about not liking crowds, wishes he could pitch in front of nobody. What it is like if the Phillies are up 2-1, to one, even down 2-1, to one, but up 2-1, to one, Strider on the mound in game number four in Philadelphia. That will be incredible. That You know, back in the day um, when the Pirates were in, they were chanting Johnny Cueto, and they were chanting Cueto at him. I, I could see something similar here, where they get in, whoever gets in Strider's head on the mound. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, my fifth one and my fifth key and my fifth way the Phillies beat the Braves is Rob Thompson and his moves in this series and seeing one step ahead, almost like a chess, is going to be critical here. I, I, I think Rob Thompson has done a fantastic job since he took over. So much good. He has such a great feel for his lineup, such a great feel for his players. He really has become an excellent Phillies manager, and it, it would it's not hard to imagine him on a parade float you know, three or four weeks from now in Philadelphia. But in this particular series, a key for him with how good this Braves lineup is, is going to be seeing two steps ahead. Let's go to game three, Aaron Nolan. We know he pitched well against the Marlins. We know he pitched well in his last start of the regular season. We know he pitched well against the Braves before that. He is on a nice streak of his last three games. We also know with Aaron Nola that when it goes, it goes fast for Aaron Nola. He could be pitching super well, and then boom, you know what I know. It Within three or four batters, the wheels come off. And with the Braves, it's not just two singles. It is, you know, it's home runs. It's double-double home run, and all of a sudden, three runs are on the board. So there's something to, it. Go when it goes, it goes fast. Rob Thompson has to be on his game. He has to be really ready to go to make the move and almost be one step ahead of the move so the Braves don't explode for the gigantic inning that puts the Phillies in a bad spot. That is going to be a major key for Rob Thompson, seeing two steps ahead. Now, last year, you could say it got him in a little bit of trouble that he was almost too far ahead of the move. If you want to argue Wheeler should have stayed in that game, World Series Game 6, I understand that. But I'd rather be my manager be one step too early rather than one step too late. So I think that's a major key for Rob Thompson is to be one step too early, one step early, one step ahead of the game as the Braves start slugging against his relievers. You know, this is the kind of series where there's off days, so you could be liberal with your bullpen. You could also be liberal with getting guys up. You know, typically managers don't like to get a guy up, warm up, and then not use him. I'm not worried about that with the days off. Let's say game one. You know, it's fourth inning, fifth inning, Rangers in a bind. He gets, you know, whoever up. And then he ends up, Ranger gets out of it, and he ends up going a different direction the next inning. And that guy, you know, usually like, all right, he warmed up today. Is he good for tomorrow? Do you want, yeah, that day off, right? So be, I'd say I'd be very aggressive in having everyone ready at, at all times because you never know when you see something between your pitcher and their hitters or, or just you, you see a trend you don't like, whether it's velocity down, location down. The one thing the Phillies cannot do in this series is issue walks. They were very good about that in the Marlins series. They, they didn't walk people, and it really was a big reason why Miami couldn't sustain offense. If you walk batters against the Braves, you're cooked because they're going to hit some home runs. I mean, they just are. It's one of the great offense. They have 300-something home runs this season. They're going to hit home runs. So make those be solo shots. Don't walk people. So let's just say one of Topper's pitchers 
you know, the stuff in terms of velocity is there, but he's got no command, no feel. He walks the first batter. I, you know, I'd have someone up. I, I would call on the bullpen and say, Let, let's get someone else ready. Because if he walks one more, I, I got to be ready after that third batter to get him out of the game. I can't let him walk two, two or three guys. And then, uh-oh, all of a sudden they got the bases loaded and we're in a big, big issue here. So Topper being on the moves is going to be super key. How the Phillies beat the Braves. They got a slug. They got a hit. They got to match him. The first inning damage for Atlanta. They need to limit it. The Braves win 72% of the time when they play to run in the first inning. The Phillies need to have the Braves at zero after some of these first innings. Orion Kirkering, unleash him. Let him go. If he's Java Chamberlain 2.0, use it. The crowd here in Philadelphia was a difference maker, has been a difference maker, needs to continue to be, especially when Strider is on the mound. And then, of course, Topper, your ability to see two steps ahead. It's going to be so, so big in this series to get out of bad situations, put the team in the best possible situations moving forward. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. Enjoy it. Game one in Atlanta on Saturday night. We'll talk soon on WIP Daily.